Before we kick this show off, let's hear a word from our sponsors. So it's been a full season for the Under Pressure Outdoors crew in the Hasmore Outdoor Products Silent Seat. And let me tell you, they're worth every penny. And here are some reasons why. Number one, you can't beat the comfort level. Number two, they don't hold in moisture like rain or sweat. Number three, they completely fold out of the way when you stand up, giving you a full range of motion in your climber. And number four, they cut down on your setup and breakdown times dramatically. Don't just take our word for it. Use offer code UPO15 and get 15% off your silent seat and many other U.S.-made accessories for your climber today. You can find Hasmore Outdoor Products on Facebook and hasmore.net. That's H-A-Z-M-O-R-E dot net. And in the link in this podcast description. I'm your host, Will Krebs, and this is the Under Pressure Outdoors Podcast. It'll be nice and comfortable and like give you hope and then come back and blast you for another month. It'd be yeah. hot. Yeah. Yeah. It's like we well, went scouting the other morning. That's it was, what I was about to say. 66 degrees. Going through the woods. Yeah. Rolled all the windows down, riding with the windows down on the truck. You don't feel that very often this time of year. I guess now we're supposed to be getting another heat wave. Is that after the hurricane? That's like, I think is what's supposed to keep the hurricane off of us. I don't know. I don't know either. I don't think the weathermen do either. No, probably not. I love when we're having a hurricane. Man, they can't wait. It's still a million miles out. And, you know, they're like, well, it's going to hit somewhere between Tallahassee and Miami. <laughs> yeah. Got to keep them television markets in there, right? Yeah, Miami and even, and- even when it was clearly past Tampa, they're like, it could hook around. <laughs> you guys at Tampa, keep watching. Right now, they're, they're you know, it might hit Miami, might hit Charleston. We don't really know. Oh, is there another one out there? That it's Laurel? supposed to be Laurel? like a super hurricane. Well, I mean, it's a it's category a four up, already. Yeah. Out in the Atlantic. It's supposed to say stay north of the Leeward Islands and make its way up the East Coast and maybe somewhere near Maryland, New York, up in that area, start making some landfall. A I little love bit. a category four right through Manhattan. One of my uh, one of my guys the other day was telling me, it's like, my he said, my wife was saying that uh, she saw online their... This time traveler is saying that this year there's going to be like five hurricanes that combine and make a super hurricane and wreck Florida. I'm like, yeah, time. last time the time traveler, like time traveler said something was going to happen was Y2K. So look where that got that, us. That crap, man. <laughs> the mind calendar, Y2K. Uh, there's, I can think four, maybe five times in my lifetime so far, the world was supposed to end. Something drastic was supposed to happen? Well, my lifetime. How old are you? Shoot, I'm 50 as of Monday, or Tuesday. So, in our lifetimes, <laughs> we've been told we were going to freeze to death. Mm-hmm. We were all going to die of acid rain. Oh, yeah, I remember the hole in the ozone layer I learned about as a oh, little yeah. kid. Oh, yeah, we're supposed to burn to a crisp in the ozone layer. Yep. That um, was because all the people with hairspray in the 80s. Oh, right. <laughs> exactly <laughs> what it was. All supposed to drown with the ice caps melting. Um, 
I do love that for the people that make the money on this, it's no longer it's, it's no longer global warming. It's just climate, climate change. change. Yeah, like, I find it very frustrating, but I got to give those people props. They're fucking geniuses. Right? <laughs> <laughs> you can blame everything on it, right? It's oh, it's snowing. It's not snowing. It's climate dry. Change. It's wet. Send us. Send me your wallet. <laughs> Pretty much. Get rid of it's all know. Al Gore's fault. I don't need to start on that clown, but <laughs> dude, really, it's the same people. Years ago, they used to drive wagons around and say they're going to fire a cannon and make it rain. Ralph, give Nader me your money. For, Ralph Nader for president. Ah, people is making money on weather. It's beautiful. <laughs> Should have been a weatherman. Oh, you can the one profession where you can be wrong every single day and still have a job, especially if you look good. <laughs> I'd be screwed. Yeah, I don't know that uh, any of us in here could be a decent weatherman. I, I don't know. If, are, there, are there still weathermen? I don't know. Yeah, Tony Minolfi. Well, yeah, right. <laughs> I, on the Weather Channel, <laughs> I mean, come they on. are. But like locally. He is probably the hated, the most hated of all weathermen. Tony Minolfi? Yeah. I don't even know who he is. He's the guy that shows up. Like, he was on he comes West 2 for the longest time. No, no, no. Tony Minolfi was on West 2. For, who, who, forever. Who's the guy that comes to your town and almost guarantees you're going to get hit with a hurricane? That's the Weather Channel guy. Jim Santori. Yeah, yeah Jim, Jim Santori. Santori. That's the most hated guy on the Weather Channel. Because if he shows up in your town, you guaranteed you're getting the eye of the storm. I saw a video the other day that was like, Jim Santori can't go on vacation. He like showed up to the beach or something and everybody started running from the beach. <laughs> <laughs> but as I understand, I, think it, I don't know if it's the Russians or something. Like some of the... Some of the countries have taken the weather girl just to an extreme. Oh, yeah. Like the oh, outfits, the they were, I mean, they're all just like, whoa. You know, dime pieces out there telling you the weather. I don't watch much news. In fact, I don't watch any news for the most part. I don't either. Somebody. Uh, I get I get my weather from the, the Weather Channel app. Yeah. Most of the news I listen to right now is like uh, rural radio. Mm-hmm. I can't listen to regular news right now. It's uh, even if they're singing the story that I like to hear, it's just like okay, just take it down a couple notches. Just give me what I need to hear. <laughs> I don't need all the other. I need your opinion. I need the news. I already know Joe Biden's an idiot. I don't need. I don't need to be reminded. <laughs> well, we didn't come here to talk about the news or the weather. We came to talk about hunting. Ah, oh, but Jordan, do we have any new reviews? Oh, dude, you caught me off guard again. Hit me with something else while you're at it. Uh, let me introduce everybody I got around the table. Uh, I'm your host, Will Krebs. I got uh, Jim here with me tonight. Yes, sir. I got Jordan. I'm here. Let's get it. Chris is here for a limited time. Yes, I am. And Mr. Ryan Fitzgerald. Good evening. And uh, we're just talking a little bit of last-minute prep. Deer season opens this weekend as you're listening to it. Um, here in Florida on the 16th of September. And it's coming in a lot of places in the South. I mean, if you're in Alabama, you still got another month. Um, South Carolina has been open since August 15th. And South Carolina is one of those places where it doesn't, it's not bow season's open. It's just hunting season yeah. is open. August 15th, if you want to sit out there and roast, bring whatever you can to knock them down. Oh, I, thank you. I've done it many years and sit there and hear Looking for the deer, you know, it's sweat. <laughs> Dripping to the ground. <laughs> Literally, factually. Yeah. And that's not a joke. That's 
true talk. Oh man! But you know what? I guess uh, you you can do all the all the sin elimination technology now. It shouldn't matter, right? Yeah. No, just play the wind. Mm-hmm. Especially if you can find the breeze, and you really want to sit with the breeze in your face because it feels that much better. Yeah. <laughs> Mr. Ryan's one of those guys that's been to how many different states have you hunted in? I don't know. I'd probably say fifteen, maybe ten or fifteen different states. I could count them off, I guess, and tell you later, but <laughs> <laughs> this man has got some I grew up around you you have always had some mean hunting stories. <laughs> I mean an unlimited amount. Yep. Do you have any new reviews? No. 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 None. If you guys write some reviews and we'll read them live on the air when we yeah. see them pop up. If it's I'm just looking at Apple Podcasts. It could be you writing one right now. Well, I don't know that you can write reviews anywhere else. You can leave, if you're listening on Spotify, you can leave a five-star review on Spotify. I don't yeah. know. That last I checked, you could yeah, write you anything. you can leave reviews on Google and stuff. Maybe. I don't have any of the iHeartRadio or Pandora. Maybe Pandora you can. I don't know. I probably need to download those just to check. But you do what you can. Yeah. So... On to the next thing. We've still got uh, that inflatable kayak up for raffle on our website, uponation.co. Once all the tickets for that are sold, we will do the drawing just like we did for the rifle, which I talked to Bill Stewart the other day. He's very happy. He's got his rifle in hand, and he's uh, been out shooting. He's happy with that. And um, so then we'll get that kayak sent out. And all that money goes to the future hunting in Florida. Yeah. And we should make note people say inflatable kayak, this is not a pool toy. No. Yeah. You could put a bullet through it, but you're not gonna tear it up just banging into a rock or a piling or think think like think like the the boat like the thickness of the boat inflatable paddle boards and stuff like that. It's it's a very sturdy piece of equipment. Um but it's a good fishing kayak. I mean, you look at the photos, it comes with a chair and everything. doesn't come with the fishing poles that are in the photo. In the photo. Sorry, but it's a nice kayak. Does it come with a paddle? I don't know. I think so. I think it's in the box. I think you screw it together. With 25 bucks a ticket, 20, 25 bucks a ticket, buy a couple. There's only 50 tickets for sale. So once they're gone, they're gone. Yeah. And I'll, like I said, I'll go to the future of hunting in Florida. Um, who works with both children and, I guess you might say, late onset adult hunters, which first timers. Also, if you're listening to this and uh, don't have anything going on this weekend, you don't have a hunt, you don't have a place to hunt, but you feel like getting out in the woods, they're going to have another work weekend. Um, at Taloja. Their, yeah. Where is that? So Taloja is near Blountstown. It is... It's... North west of Apalachicola, it's kind of out there in the in that big green area <laughs> where yeah. it doesn't look like there's anything out there. There, the, you have to get really close to the map for it to pop up and say Taloja. There's a neat little country store there, though. So there. you you go out there, you work for a day. If you want to just go for the day, if you want to stay for the weekend, they do have the bunkhouse available. You can stay in. Um, you just get a hold of. Uh, Chuck Etchenique, go to the Future Hunting in Florida. The post should be right there at the top of their page, around the top of their page, and Chuck's phone number is up there. It's also right there on the uh, UPO Nation page. It is. If you're part of the nation. Don't know how far Uh, it's going to be down by the time this comes out, though. Yeah. I'll say I think Mike 
Mike, you could go in the search bar and sh- search Mike Elfenbein. He's the one who put it up there. Um, but, yeah, if you want to get out and help him plant some food plots and do a little work around there before season starts, I think he said he's going to, excuse me, put new blind material up on the blinds and stuff like that. So, got a little work to be done. But, we've got deer season coming up on Saturday by the time you're listening to this. Uh, who's going to be in the woods? I know I am. I was just talking to Jake today. I'm ready. I am ready. I even told Chris today. Well, I was talking to uh, one of our, sure you heard it. You'll hear it at some point during the podcast, but Hang Free, I was talking to one of their owners and uh, today, and he was like, yeah, I'm going to hunt here. And this, there's the, we're talking about the WMA that I'm hunting opening weekend. He said, I think I'm going to hunt here. You know, in kind of this area of the dummy, I was like, oh, good deal. And he sent me pins, and I was like, mm, I screenshot the events and maps thing of the WMA. I was like, bud, you're outside. You're in a completely different WMA. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, you're, you're going to have to reassess your situation. At least you got a whole, you know, at this point, you got two weeks or just over a week to get there. Yeah, make sure you're scouting the right wildlife management area. Yeah. I'm so glad I'm not the only one. Oh, yeah. you're definitely this not. We just talked we talking about this. About, I will scout an area, finally get a day off, drive through, love it, and then a gentleman with green jeans will walk up and go. That's why you get a Venza, man. You can go on FWC's website, and if you, you pick the WMA that you are going to hunt, you get their brochure map, download it, open it in a Venza, and then Avenza will show you where you are on that map within the WMA. And if you're not in that WMA, it'll say that it can't register you being inside that WMA. Well, it'll show you on like the white on the edge of the paper. Yeah, but if you're nowhere near it, it'll... Yeah, you just won't show up at all. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but Avenza's useful. We use it a lot in Tennessee. Cross-referenced Onyx with it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I would say in some respects, it was more accurate than Onyx. I was gonna say that's that's kind of one thing that's helped me a lot hunting public land is that not only do I use Onyx and I use Avenza, but I also use Google Earth, and then on top of all of that, I also use another app called Huntwise, so I can I just cross reference everything to double check stuff. One app may show a little more than the other, like Google Earth on my phone. When you zoom in, it shows a more up to date and more clear picture of further zoomed into the ground or you can do like you did where you took the made that kmz file on google earth and we i shared it to avenza and it blacked out the area of the map that we were using yeah but then you got to really know what you're doing to overlay the kmz listen if i can figure it out yeah no i'm talking about how did we do it (laughs) we just killed it and then walked real quietly until we knew we were back in bounds there you go (laughs) can't stop the hop yeah I was going to say unique hunting. That's what I say. I think, unique I, in unique, and unique I think Ryan, Ryan was the one that I heard that from. Unique okay. hunting. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> you got to educate yourself where you can be and then hug the line. Yeah, you know, that's <laughs> worked plenty of times not, in the past. It's not uh, out of bounds until you step across the white line. Right. So. <laughs> no, in fact, we've had pretty good success hunting the out of bounds line. Like, yeah. If there's a sign that Absolutely. says out of bounds, that's a great place to set yeah. up. Mm-hmm. Just make sure that whenever you shoot a deer, it's on the correct side of the out of bounds line. Yes, sir. Well, you drag it across. No, I'm just... yeah. Well, do you, you go into the same thing we were talking about with 
a few weeks ago with the issues that happened in Rock Springs, where you know, yeah, yeah, guys, uh, people claiming that deer were shot in areas where they weren't supposed to be shot, and then you get into a whole investigation, but you shoot it on the right side of the line, and and I understand when we're saying like the right hunting the right side of a line, you're really pushing it hunting the edge of the of a wildlife management area between that and a private property. No, you're not. Because you don't have a right to you're retrieve. Not, you're in the not state of Florida. pushing it. You're either legal or a sick bird. Well, what Illegal. I mean, what I One mean is, two, is if you so. if you shoot a deer on the boundary of a wildlife management area and it runs into private property, Just make sure it's pointed the right direction and make a lethal shot. <laughs> <laughs> Period. Yeah. That's that's, that's if, too liberal. If you're going to hunt There's the a line, line that says stop, and after that, right up to that line is go. Yes. <laughs> if you're going to hunt the line with your buddy's doe tag. During muzzleloader season, make sure you drop it where it stands. I had a buddy call me. So he can see it. He actually uh, is a good dude. I mean, he's an ethical hunter all the way. But uh, he has since bought some property. And uh, a couple of his target bucks, both of them actually got shot on the neighbor's property last year. And he was, and and we're talking about slammers. This is, and, uh, he was kind of like, oh, you think it's right? They got to stand 30 feet from my tree stand, 30 feet from his. I said, well, let me look at it this way. You're sitting 200 yards from a fence line between you and your partners, and a 200-inch jumps the fence onto your property. Are you going to shoot it? Well, heck yes. Then what the hell does it matter if he's something 30 yards off the fence right. line and yeah. shooting it? Because the same answer, if a 200-inch walks by 30 foot yards from the tree I'm shooting As it. long as he shot on his side of the fence. If he's on the go and yeah. not the no, then he gets it. So, but gets there's such deserves. a difference in that, though. When you sit around camp, like I did a camp, uh, I guess last year, where I jumped in on a lease up in Georgia. I'd never been to the area we were hunting. And these guys had hunted it for a couple of years, good lease. And the whole talk for three days, we're, we're you know, doing work around the, the plots and everything else we got to do. And the whole talk is this is a trophy property. That was my first year back deer hunting and, and God, probably five or six years. And they're like, this is trophy property. You got your two tags. You can kill the spike and you, you got to have one bigger. Mm-hmm. And sitting in that stand, after all of those conversations where I agreed, when that spike walked out, that was me and him. Mm-hmm. Three days where I'm like, I am, I don't know, five, 600 miles from home. I want meat in the freezer. I did all of, the, all of this to prepare for it. I know how many spikes are on that property. So... People will say, yeah, well, you know, that deer jumps fence. I'm not going to shoot it. But when they're looking at it through a scope and there's nobody for miles, that's a whole different decision. That's what they say. <clears throat> if, you, if you would shoot it on the last day, don't pass it up on the first. <laughs> right. So we, we had a guy on the lease next to ours go back to the 30 feet from the fence line. He was more like 36 inches. <laughs> And his stand was facing our property. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I went out there and climbed up, loosened his buckles, swung on 180 degrees, and reattached it nice and neat. And uh, it was pretty good. But then I went back out there. I don't know, like I was back out there almost two months later. Sure enough, same thing. So I put a stand up on a tree facing his stand. <laughs> <laughs> and I mean, they were like maybe from me to the wall away <laughs> and i went back out the next season his stand was gone <laughs> we uh, I, I think it may have been that he didn't know where the line was and thought it was like what, what we had we you had know? a guy like that in that hunted the property line when we hunted up in tennessee but 
he would have literally had to like it was a straight wire fence. So he would have to scooch his butt against the straight wire fence to get onto the ladder. He was that close to the property line facing our property. So I put a climber on a tree and went up about 10 feet and put a posted sign. Would have been right in his face. <laughs> that <laughs> was thing. probably like 15 feet under our property. Yeah. yeah. And then uh, a couple weeks after I did that, he the stand disappeared. And there was no like, maybe I'm not, maybe I am on my property. No, there's you, You're literally having to shimmy between your, your ladder and the fence, man. Uh, but well, <laughs> I'm still one. It's either go or no. if he's on the the go side he better duck if you the thing was like his stand would have made so much more sense had he not even like turned it all the way around to face the property behind him but turned it and faced like 45 degrees and faced uphill because his side of the fence was mowed straight all the way up the hill clear path like he could have sat there and shot 200 yards as soon as deer jumped over no he's facing directly into like thicker woods looking through a bunch of trees down a road on our property. Like you, you look in the wrong way, bud. So along similar lines, you're in the duck blind. And of course you do it right. You're out there at two 45 in the morning <laughs> with briar. You're all set up. Everything's cool. And 30 minutes after sunup, here comes sparkly boat guy. And give him the light. Sparkly boat guy apparently is immune to understanding what somebody waving you off is. So then you're like, hey, hey, I may eat real ducks, but when the real ducks get here, it's going to get leady or, or steely. And they ignore you. What do you do? Ducks coming? Look, man. You let, I- you let fly or do you let them pass? I've been in that situation before where I've had, uh, you've got that boat there just outside, you know, you're back up against the bank and some reeds with some lilies in front of you or whatever. And they're just on the outside, the lilies 30 yards away. And I'm like, man, I know that like we did our best to camouflage this boat, but we didn't do that good. I know for a fact. No, we're, that I'm good. talking about, there's no doubt they know you're there. Oh yeah. Because yeah, the, yeah. The, the normal reeds don't have flashlights and don't <laughs> yell at you. And then I, you know, you stand up, I'm like, Hey, just let you know we're here. And at that point, like, I know you heard me unless you are truly deaf, but yeah. if you should have then seen me stand up out of the blind. Like yeah. I'm clearly visible at that point. Um, and if the boats are in or if the birds are coming in and it's a, a safe, I'm not going to shoot over his head. No, because it, well, well <clears throat> you're going to have to, because the birds aren't coming in that tight. They're making a pass, right? You're actually sky blasting because. Jordan, we need to find out where he was that morning. We got peppered. <laughs> he might've been in that boat that shot at us probably 20 times. Like I've never been shot at in my life and not shot back. I'm looking back at Jordan and Jordan's like, it's okay. You were fishing? Shot. No, we were uh, duck hunting. No, we were. Oh, well, that happens all the time, man. I get peppered yeah. a lot. Bro, they it was broad daylight, and they're watching us pick deeks up, and our ducks up. Yeah, and they're still pow, pow, pow. You've never been to a dove hunt? No, I have not, <laughs> and I don't want to go if it's going to be anything <laughs> like that. <laughs> get rained down all day. Yeah, yeah we were just... in the marsh. That's just expected in the marsh. You're you're looking up until you hear a gunshot come from directly across the dove field from you, and then you just kind of turn your head down a little bit, wait for the BBs to fall, and then you I go back know. to what you're doing. I'm yeah. out. I'm out. There are some places where I definitely hunt with glasses. <laughs> do you, now, do you send one back? 
it depends if it stings. If I get if if it stings, that's fair. If my, my return shot is is fucking aimed, boom, boom, like and usually then followed up with a fuck you. I mean, you're, you're talking a distance of usually a, a hundred or more, hundred fifty yards. So it's that that only happens when you're. You, you, that's only happened to me when guys are in a dove field and everybody's supposed to have their spot. And let's say the birds, you know, because for whatever reason, it's almost like there's these corridors out there, and all of a sudden, then guys start creeping into you, right? They're not even supposed to be there, right? And then there's a low flying bird, and you get. Like it stings. Like if it if it leaves a fucking welt on your face, I turn around and shoot him. So here's a here's a newbie question that'll probably work well for your outdoors people. I've always watched it, and I want to say it was big when I lived out west. Is that a thing here? What is dove hunting a big thing here? Yeah, oh, Central yeah, Florida, dude. Well, when you watch the videos though, I mean, you see them set up on the edge of cornfields or, or nah. Man, you set up on the edge of a millet field around here, or you could just set up on a straight hay field that they just cut. I mean, a lot of guys go and plant millet and then run like a fake power line down the middle of it. Really? Bust them up. All I don't day. know anybody that duff hunts here. What? Dude, I, got I know. Duff hunt at the end of the month. You need to start hanging out with some dudes. No yeah, kidding. Yeah. Yeah. We're going to work. <laughs> what is Mr. Our- Ryan's got some property. You doing a dove hunt out there? Nah, we we've messed with it a little bit. We it's too sandy. We're in the middle of getting some smelly shelly headed out there so we can get a little better soil going. But it's real sandy, real difficult. I plan I even put in some irrigation for it. So we're just waiting for our delivery and then start working up crops and hopefully by next year we can have a it's a big deal. We want to have a family, you know, friends dove field kicking. But right now we still get a you can still go shoot a handful if you want to. Just a, du- a good dove field is always yeah. a Always a good time. A, a good dove field is different than a lot of people think. If you don't, you can't lay your right your shotgun barrel across your arm because it'll blister you. That's a good right. dove yeah. field. You know? Yeah. So I'm, I was a little hurt. I hit up a buddy the other day that is they normally do a uh, a dove shoot every year. Dad plants a dove field. I hit him up, and I was like, I wasn't even asking him to come shoot it. I just said, Hey, you guys doing the dove hunt? Did some dove hunts this year? I said, I want to come work my dog. Never responded to me. He said. I'm hurt. That gum. I mean, that's that's my dog's favorite sport right there, dove hunting. She, I mean, <clears throat> pheasants, she ain't a fan of. Dubs, those are her arch enemy. It is Jordan now. I texted him two hours ago. I still haven't gotten a response. Yeah, we, talked, we talked on the phone, though. I, I had to call you. I was trying to get William's TV turned on. <laughs> what is a Hilochi dove hunt? 30th. 30, no, oh, okay. 29th. Okay. You sure? End of the month. So you guys already have one planned. It's a we permit, drew it permitted. Yeah. Hunt, yeah, I did not. Okay, no, you're right. Thirtieth. Did not uh, know that. So make you, a liar you can out of me. Draw permits to go hunt. Is it public? So public land or is yeah. it? Yeah, it, but it's it's a, it's a permitted hunt. There are a few. I want to say maybe four dove fields in the state of Florida, four or five dove fields in the state of Florida that are uh, just kind of open, but. And they may be permitted like a first come first serve permit, like when you go small game hunt out at Seminole Forest. But okay. they're so hard to get to. None of them are close to here. So how many that. people are you taking out? Well, me, Jim, and me, Jim, and Jordan have the permit. Do we get gas? So on it's it? just I don't know. So it's just look. you three, and then you separate from what from other groups? Oh no, there will be all kinds of people out there. Yeah, 
well, yeah, what do you, that's whoever, what I'm asking. Like, I, don't, I don't know. What do you do? Permit. You separate on a different side of the field than they do, and then sit apart from each other. Yeah. What people send the dogs and the dogs? No, that'll be no, one that I will just not bring my dog on. on. Yeah. Dog doves just come in on their own. I don't trust oh. public dove fields. I won't run her on a, a yeah. public dove field. It sounds like an emerald marsh. But there's plenty. There's plenty yeah. of places in the state of Florida where you can pay uh, seventy-five to a hundred bucks for a day. And go out and shoot, sit on the private field and shoot. I did not know that was a thing here. Hundred percent. Yeah, most definitely. I just kind of assumed it was up north. Is Nick running any fields this year that you know of? I don't know. I have to text him. So there's one. You just got to be first come first serve, and you got to get there wicked early. It's all public, and if somebody says spot naming, kiosk, you know, come on, man. All you got to do is look up a Tenerock. Tenerock out there by Lakeland. That. Of course, one year we did a we did a big promotion for BHA, and that year sucked. But the next year they crushed them. So Tenerock's a good one, but I forget how many folks they let in. Might be fifty, might be thirty. So it's not too crowded, and usually they do a good job with the field. But man, if you're you can't hunt till one, but they open up the gate. Let's say at five five o'clock. If you're not in line by four, you're not getting in. You can't hunt till one p.m. Yeah, so what people do is they go, you have to go and sign in, right, that, and get your day pass, and then you can go home and go back to sleep. Why, why is it limited work. to 1 p.m., though? They just don't want you to before 1. A lot of public lands like that for some reason. State of, State of Georgia, when it opens, you can't, on the first day of dove season, you can't start hunting until after, after 12 o'clock. Is that for non-residents? Or is no, that- that's that's just... Period. That's the. That's is that the true on private too? Mm-hmm. I was gonna look that up. What? Yep. What kind of shot are you? I mean, is there? Are you, I'm assuming dove shot. Seven. So yeah, seven number seven. seven. Number seven. Yeah. A regular old bird shot. Yeah. Every time I've gone dove hunting, not this year because I already have like four boxes of uh, what's that? Heavy dove. Um, but I've just gone and bought like the hundred round case of Winchester low brass number seven. Use that. It works fine. Killed them with nine shots. They're they're not. They're not tough, at all. Bull hockey. <laughs> I swear, dove, I've, I I have shot a dove and seen feathers go everywhere, and that sucker just keep on. That going. Sounds like a briar story. <laughs> no, that's fair enough. I have I have dusted a dove before where there's you, you like flack. You see so many going. feathers, you wonder how that dove is still flying. <laughs> yeah, I guess I have had that happen, but most of <clears> the time, I don't know. I've killed them with everything. But most, a lot of states in the in the southeast have dove season. Like most states have a dove season. Only Michigan does, but most states do. So and it happens. It happens usually opens just before bow season starts, and of course it'll run throughout the entire year. I mean, dove season runs on. I'm thinking to January. What's the limit? Twelve. I think so. Yeah. Yeah. You get a good group together. There's guys that kill like a hundred, but dad gum, I don't know if I want to clean a hundred doves. Well, doves are easy to clean. Mm. Not if you're plucking them. I'm not plucking a dove. I am ripping the breast out. I'm not sitting there going, look at this little chicken, this little like a toothpick. Not no. Dude, a whole pluck dove. Which is work. Just coated in a little bit of shrimp fry. Thrown in the grease for about two minutes. So good. You could do the same thing. The, uh, you could do the same thing with just the breast, and it's still nope. just as good. Who, who was the guy skin? that cooked uh, cooked breakfast for us? 
every morning this morning. Oh, that was uh, Steve Miller. Steve, Steve Miller. Miller. I would pluck one to have Steve Miller cook it. <laughs> I might. I might go out. I might try to go out and get some, just to bring it next year. Just, just well, we'll see if there's going to be a next year if the water comes back up. But it'll be oh, there yeah, regardless. Yeah. But it's uh. Why would the duck. water be down? Uh, that photo I sent you. The water's down right now, which means it's the dry whatever. time of year. Yeah. I don't know. The video I saw initially was from the end of the Swanee. A man, what is it, Manatee Springs or whatever? Mm-hmm. And the water was going the opposite direction during the storm. Yeah, it's called storm surge. <laughs> that's a lot of water to push. <laughs> you remember yeah. how fast it was going out, though. I mean, that's not like your swimming pool getting pushed. Well, it's it's three miles an hour where it's narrow and deep. So when you widen it out and and shallow it up, it gets slower. So to Chris's point, though, there, are, I've seen the river obviously so high that the river backs up into the springs, and it's all mudded up because the river's into the springs. Right. And I have I've been out there. I had one year where they, as far as all the um, river camps, they had closed the upper part of the river river camps to discourage people. Because the, the Swanee was so low that you couldn't comfortably canoe it. you bottom out. Um, and, I, and I've been up there. I was on the, up there when your scouts doing a bike tour instead of canoeing. And the river was so low that a lot of the springs had actually stopped flowing. Yeah, lower magnitude yeah. springs tend to do that when the water level gets yeah, low. Like Troy Springs. That's a big spring. Yeah, that's a pretty big spring. I'm not just like like just saying it because the rapids are going to be worse. I'm saying like that was my first trip. So we go to Convict Springs and you look at the uh, tree. And oh, every, I, every yeah. year the water goes down. In the wintertime. Is that when they're taking the measurements? That's when, that's when the water out. is high. You get my point that you see like 1975 and it was 30 foot well, up that tree. that was a storm surge. Well, they had a direct trigger. We'll, we'll, we'll crush them as... Um, when you get a whole bunch of hurricanes that hit up in the swan, uh, up in the um, Okie Finoki. Yeah. Yeah. So somebody just told me they're like, well, it's going to depend on how much water comes in from the the great example is when Ian hit South Florida last year and the St. John's up here rose significantly because all the water had dumped down in Fort Myers because the St. John's flows North. Well, the Swanee river flows South. So if it hits Okie Finoki and dumps a lot of water there, all that flood water has to flow down to the Swanee river. So that's when you see the, the water levels rise. So how about it, Ryan? You going to come with us on uh, Swanee next year? Lord only knows. I was looking it up though while y'all were chatting. It looks like the limit on Dove is fifteen. Oh Lord! Mm. I'm trying to verify. I saw it in one place, but then when I go to FWC, I haven't been able to find it cor- correct. But. I usually don't start looking it up until I'm like, "Holy cow! <laughs> they 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 coming! <laughs> like they're raining in!" He's like, "I've got boom boom boom. <laughs> Do I have enough ammo?" I've got eight. What's the limit? limit's not eight, right? <laughs> <laughs> How many you got? Those are rare days, though, on public land where they're coming in so thick that you got to start yeah. really checking your limits. So when we're talking dove, right, we're obviously talking early season, still hot out, but it's Florida's bow opener. So I mean, one of them, yes. Yeah. Well, yeah, it's <laughs> it's zone C. When I say Florida's bow open, zone C is the biggest zone in Florida. Um, what do you, well, I mean, what are you guys doing? I mean, obviously, William's not bow hunting. Not this year. But 
prep wise what's what's some prep things you can think of hunting ducks <laughs> it's too hot man open uh, well, uh, woodies they don't they yeah, don't open really until, day of bow season though. They, they don't open till for another couple of weeks bow season opens by the time you listen to this in like four days pretty sure early season's open on the 16th too. yeah 16th. oh is it yeah oh, okay so you could be hunting ducks that day but if you're gonna I, to me the last at this point all you should be doing is maybe going out if you've scouted an area and you haven't already picked a tree, I'd be picking a tree and marking your tree. I always like to use the little bright eye push pins. I don't like to make a trail with them, but get to where I'm going and then put a triangle on my tree so that I know I'm climbing the right tree in the dark. Yeah. So. And I do a triangle because I used to do two until one time I was going to my tree and then the bright eyes on my tree disappeared and reappeared. <laughs> and I realized it wasn't my tree. It was a deer. Mm-hmm. Oh, so now I do three. You know what I like to do? Is if that disappears and reappears, I'm going back to the truck. Get about 75 yards of flagging tra- tape <laughs> and, and flag every single little overhanging branch every three feet all the way to my stand. And then I get a magic marker and I write my name and the date that I'm going to hunt. And I go out there and put it on there like three or four weeks before the hunt starts. So everybody yeah. knows I've claimed my spot. Call me a bad guy. <laughs> But if I find a good I'll, spot I'll and you got facetious. that much flagging tape, I'm walking in and I'm ripping down every single bit of your flagging tape. Yeah, on my that, way that's in. actually more my style is tear it down because I, I can't stand that. Dude, I, I can understand like the uh, the little um, like reflective things you hang on the branch because most of the time people pick those back up because they're not cheap Yeah, compared to flagging tape. But in today's day and age, with all the free apps that allow you to put pins and everything else. You could use Google Maps. Why the heck are so many people still putting dang flagging tape all over the woods? You know, whenever I bring that up, and I don't do it on social media anymore because there's always something, I take it down. And I'm like, man, maybe you do. But why am I still running around in March during squirrel season seeing guys' names? I have a whole cargo pocket full of flagging tape after a small game hunt. Exactly. Litter. Sit tight. We'll be right back with a word from our sponsors. As we move through life, it's inevitable that we're going to find ourselves needing trusted advice from legal counsel. From business transactions to real estate, lawsuits to contract matters, we all need advice and assistance from time to time. Attorney Roman Hammes, multi-state law practice, focuses on litigation, business law, and real estate. Roman helps individuals and business owners find solutions to their legal problems. If push comes to shove, Roman is an experienced litigator with extensive trial experience and the ability to take it all the way. He's been named Super Lawyer every year from 2016 to present, a distinction given to only 5% of practicing lawyers. Most importantly, Roman is an avid hunter, angler, conservationist, and proud supporter of the UPO Nation. When you need dependable legal counsel, call Roman, 407-680-6050 or 843-324-1727 or email roman at romanvhamas.com. That's R-O-M-A-N at R-O-M-A-N V H A 
M-M-E-S.com. Offices, Florida and South Carolina. But I, I am not a fan of flagging tape. Not at all. Just got to go deeper and further. Yeah, it's but it's old yeah. school, so y'all have all that. We used to have to hit the woods with a compass, a thing called a compass. <laughs> and you hope to God you got a direction back and you wash chase chest deep near swamp to an island, you know? But the thing that now you is, found off a real topo map, not some Google. Even, <laughs> even, uh, at least you we, know what's funny though? Now it's hard to find a real topo map. Yeah, but you can separate the men from the boys if you want to. And it's, this, the worst thing that gets them is everybody thinks you can put out eight cameras and then you, what do you claim eight spots, you know? Just which I'm not a, I'm not anti camera. I have them myself, but get ridiculous. If you're on public land, you know, hunt, hunt. You know, you ain't gotta, and then you you lose the art of hunting. Whether you're yeah. worried about shooting this deer or that deer, you know, I got I got some decent enough bucks on the wall that I could talk trash if they wanted to. But the main thing is, you gotta hunt. It's all about laying in bed thinking, hey, got a wind here, gonna have a swirl, got a storm coming out here. You gotta think ahead, laying in bed. You know, heck, I I can remember sitting there at Trinity Baptist Church, and I never had to go to daycare, but I can sit there and remember the days I did. That was because my grandpa was picking me up to take me to the woods and. That had an inch of bone sticking out of its head. It was getting shot. Yeah. You know, nowadays people are apologizing for two and a half year old eight points. It's ridiculous. You know, get out there and, 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 and go to battle. I mean, if you got to drag a doe out, I drug a doe so far. It, it was a, this was, was chest deep from Woodruff years ago. And another poser comes over to get the game. Where, hey, this guy's hit it with a car. No, if you drag it far enough, it's bare. It's bare on the side you're dragging. There won't be no fur. Right. So yeah. you, you can get away from tape. You just got to go. Well, the thing is now. Amen. Oh, you, but with the uh, popularity of the e-bikes, you, I, I've come to find out now. Because the lithium my, battery don't work in a swamp. Well, yeah, no, sure. Separate the men from the boys. When your titties get wet, you're getting close. <laughs> <laughs> Till then, you're still in the boys section. Those, they, they don't swim near as far as they run, do they? No. That's it's awesome. I mean, you do your homework there. It's all about homework. Even you know, turkey season. Everybody, I get a lot of phone calls pre-turkey season wanting some info. You know, I do a lot, pretty good bit of turkey hunting. But by now, if you haven't scouted at least twice in many days, you're going to get the hunt. And you know, just go enjoy the woods, enjoy nature. Don't don't go out there with attitude and screw with people's cameras. And but you know, it's okay to have posers. They they usually you got to bite them bite them over for venison. You know, so <laughs> yeah. I think a lot of that. The things that the people we're kind of cracking at right now, it's, you know, you composers. I think what it really boils down to, unfortunately, is 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 inexperience. I think these are a lot of times actually people that really want to hunt or learn to hunt. But the old days of just finding a neighbor who let you hunt, I mean, because it's, I mean, let's face it, especially living on the peninsula. I mean, if somebody gives you permission to hunt and doesn't ask you for a fairly, you know, check with a comma in it, mm-hmm. you know, you've really hit the lottery. So everybody is hunting public land. And then the other problem is because they don't, a lot of folks don't have too many opportunities to hunt other places. There's a couple of days they have in the woods are all they have. So the amount of time that it takes to, you guys know what I say when I say read the woods. Mm -hmm. I mean, I'm sure that right now, if you could probably take almost any WMA, you start with Google Maps, say, okay, this is kind of where I think I want to be. And you wander out there and you can figure out what the pinch points are and everything else. You find the sign you're looking for. And in two or three trips, you're like, 
this is probably where I'm going to be. Mm. Camera, no camera. I mean, you're going to do all that just before you take the time to hang a camera because you don't want to walk out there and pick the damn thing up, right? Mm. So, but that comes with experience. And I think that other, like you were saying, that you get people that haven't accumulated the knowledge and experience. So it's flag and tape and they don't go deep enough because, well, this looks like it might be deer. Or yeah, there's maybe some sort of food source there. And they're 50 yards off the food source, figuring this would be great yeah, and, until there's 200 people in the woods. Yep. Yeah. It, it still goes back to you, how bad do you want it? There's too many you know, people want to sit on there and watch videos, sit on this. They they hunt, they fish, they football, they racquetball or pickleball, do this stuff. <clears throat> I'm a pretty good-sized boy. I never played football. Why? Because I was sleeping in my truck at WMAs to be the first hunter to get into a gate. You know, 16 <laughs> yeah. years old, scared to death. You know, I had my – air let out of my tires before and all kind of crap i'm still sitting there at 16 years old not knowing how to run a turkey call and it's how bad do you want it you know if you want to say you're a hunter and that's fine and that's all good but you know missing out a lot of a, a lot of people are missing out on the joys of just a nice nice four point nice whatever if you can if you can take and put an arrow in the in the bread basket of a deer with your knees knocking and i don't care if he's 15 yards 30 or 45 if you can make the shot then let it rip you know and then it's just like, <clears throat> you know, my, one of my pet peeves is I, I hunt in Missouri now just for courtesy and fun, spend some time with the family for a couple of 10 days or so every year. And I'm on some Missouri inevitably Facebook things, just watching properties come up for lease and stuff. And, and inevitably you have someone bickering about, you know, out-of-state hunters, out-of-state hunters, our press screwed up about us. It's not kind of the same thing we're talking about now. All hunters are all over us in Mansbury, the same whiner. You have killers and you have wannabe hunters. That's all there is to it. Comes down to it. <clears throat> well, you see that if if you want it, you go get it. You see that in every, every single state. Single state. Yeah. And then I, well, I, I don't say much to them. I'm having a little bit of a man crush on Ryan right now. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I was, I did a uh, an outdoor show for one of our sponsors, and uh, I was helping him sell some stuff. And this one guy. He was like, where are y'all from? I said, Florida. He said, these damn Florida hunters coming up here and making the the lease prices so expensive. He said, I used to hunt my neighbor's property for 15 years, and then somebody offered to lease it, and then he kicked us off it. I'm like, so what you're telling me is that somebody offered to pay for what you were freeloading for, mm-hmm. and now you're mad that you can't freeload no more. Yeah, and he's like, yeah. Being then, like- but the, and then understand. I was like, how, I mean, this is their neighborhood, but at the same time, like I post on there, you know, what, how about this? And we were hunting Kansas um, early on. I mean, I was probably in my 22 or 23, so 30 something years ago. And uh, what stinks about Kansas is the deer, they're slamming. I mean, you know, I was letting 150s walk out. What an idiot. And I never even killed a 100 inch deer on my bow in Florida, but I'm letting 150 walk. You know, and that's what I mean. You get caught up in this bull. But, um, it's no fun because inevitably your hunting group somebody doesn't get drawn. So we went on to Missouri. Missouri's over the over the counter thing. But what if they're going to the shores of Louisiana or like they do? They go to Panama City and all that for the beach. And they said, or they said they're going to the Keys Lobster. And you told them, oh man, that's awesome. Huh, bring it, bring it right on home. Right, they're on. coming down here to kill an Osceola turkey. Okay, or Osceola turkey. <laughs> Make them draw for it. Like they want us to draw in Kansas, so that's what the big thing I was listening to on Missouri. Missouri was, oh, they need to have draw hunts, only allow a thousand out of staters or whatever. Well, okay, that's cool. Same thing for a sailfish. If you don't live on a, a ocean, if you don't live in Florida, you don't live in Texas, and you got to draw for a sailfish. You know, come on, guys, this is an attack on Genesis. We're supposed to be dominion over this earth. You got a bunch of posers 
wanting to set limits. And it's the same guy whining. They're talking about, oh, if you let the deer walk, they're going to be something big in Florida. It's a proven fact. I mean, why don't they? I mean, we have crop fields here. We have sections. Man, we had a great on the shores of a pop. We had best sweet corn in the world. Fact of the matter is my property, I can't even grow it, and I put money into it. Why? It's sand. Corn's got to have minerals, period. So there's pockets of it, and it's odd. It's south. It's east. It's west. There's different pockets. Yeah. It's like you get on South Florida. There are some studs in yes. South Florida. And it's all white. We look where it is. It's got a different soil. Yeah. Pure and simple. Different soil. So and I, and I'm, I'm not knocking them. I'm just, Do what you want to do, but quit knocking everybody else and taking the joy away from these kids. Kids nowadays can't go out and pop a cap and a 10-inch horned deer, and someone's going to be mocking them. When I see it, it just makes me crazy because it kept me out of trouble. That's something that really, really, really bothers me is when people talk about when, when a kid kills a deer like that. He brought up a you good point. You don't say that too up. much anymore, though, I don't think. Do you? I'm sorry. I didn't no. mean to step on you. No, you're good. you're good. I used to, but I think it, a lot of people have been like, it don't takes, that kid. It takes a special kind of person, mm-hmm. in my opinion, to be upset about what a kid shoots. They usually can park close to the front of the store. Those people. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Wow. Real close. It's like a, in this, the blue, this. In the blue section. The, <clears throat> that's, he's right. He the, ain't lying. The preferred parking. Uh, this year will be the first year that my son is going to go to the woods the deer woods with a rifle in hand and he's just freaking stoked mm-hmm. um and i told him i was like man i said you can shoot whatever deer steps out that you want to shoot and i'll we'll be tickled paint together mm-hmm. i said but i ain't getting you a shoulder mount on a doe or a button buck <laughs> Well, that, that 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 happened at the Fitzgerald house. <laughs> yeah. I have a dome mounted in my kitchen and a and a uh, nice rack eight point, and it just so happened that Paul, my son, all my kids really are outdoors people, but my son, he was a bigger boy, so he could pull back a bow. And back then, they didn't have bows that fit like kids fit. Right, nowadays. right. So he's pulling it with his chest totally out. You know, just imagine over. But every morning he would shoot his mom's di- three arrows off the before he went to church. You know, to school. I mean, shoot three arrows, four arrows at a. Diet Pepsi can, and at five years old, he stuck a doe, and I mounted it. I mean, come on. What five-year-old? Yeah. Five Listen, with a bow? When yeah. he says he's a bigger boy, I mean, he means that yeah. Paul, Paul is corn-fed. He built like yeah, a linebacker. He, yeah. Yeah. He, was, he, yeah. was, he was a fullback at a popkin. <laughs> yeah. you know? So when you're yeah. a fullback at a popkin, that says something. Uh, the uh, And you talk about not having bows like for kids. My son's out here in the backyard, shoots a dang diamond infinite edge. And yeah. he's seven, and it's right. his draw length at a weight that he can right. pull. Yet I can still take that same bow, set it up for my draw length at 60 pounds, 65 pounds, mm-hmm. and hunt with it. And my daughter, Emma, I think she shoots that. And it was pretty cool. She's Well, she's 21 now, but so three or four years ago, she did the same thing. This is, this is where the road meets them, or rubber meets the road. Okay, let's say it. There's girls. They have other things usually on their minds. Okay, whatever it might be, girl things. She goes out. She finds her own tree. She's shooting the diamond bow. She tells me, hey, Dad, can you, you know, come on here and make sure you put the stand. I found the tree. Can you make sure we put the stand there secure? So we climb up in this oak tree, and we lock in a climber. She climbs branch to branch, and sure enough, it took her a couple times. She she missed a couple shots. First, her knees were knocking all that stuff, and sure enough, boom, I get a phone call. Hey, Dad, I need some help dragging one out. I mean, if my daughter, who's, but she's, I ain't gonna lie, she's a hell of a hunter. So, but still, if she can go kill a deer with a bow, anybody can go kill a deer with a bow. Quit whining and get your butt out there and scout. Yeah, so I'm, <clears throat> I'm gonna sign off and take off here in a second. But back to his point, 
that happened to me years ago, and I didn't grow up hunting. My dad wasn't big into it. My grandfather hunted a little bit, but my dad was never big into it. So it's always just kind of been me at 16, 17, go into a popka. I would take off for, you know, my birthday or whatever excuse I could find. I would take off and go to Ocala on my own, and I'm reading, you know, WMA stuff on paper. Mm-hmm. I think I had a Razor flip phone at the time. That was advanced. That's so when I'm you worried. stopped somewhere and grabbed it out of a, like a little. Yeah, yeah. well, well they did have thing. the brochures back then. Yeah, yeah, but I'm reading everything I could. And I ran into the situation you're talking about where I thought I scouted an area. And I haven't hunted in years. So I'll say it's Cemetery Road mm-hmm. in Ocala. Everybody knows where it is. It backs up to Clear Lake. Great spot. Or at least it used to be. Uh, had a couple of bucks walking through. It ain't no more. Scouted now early. Brought it up. Go ahead. I don't doubt it. <laughs> so, <clears throat> scouted. Thought, you know, I got a good spot. It wasn't a well-beaten path. I knew where I was going to park. Knew where I was going to walk in. And I came in on open morning. Uh, took off school. Went in open morning. And there's a truck sitting in my spot. And I'm like, it is 3.30 in the morning. I think I was 17. I'm like, I'm 17, 18 years old at this point. What do you do? And... I think I went 150 or 200 yards up on the road, and I knew there was a little opening with two more dried-out ponds and sat there, took a shot at a good deer, and missed. But it but it speaks volumes to it because, it, like, the years coming, you know, beyond that, I would go back to that same spot and I would haunt. And I can't tell you how many times from that stand I've looked over and I could see the top of my truck from the stand just, just barely, and I'd see guys pull in before daylight, see my truck, turn around and go right back out. Mm-hmm. It never occurred to them, you know, I'm here to hunt. I'm going to hunt no matter what the circumstances are. I've scouted. Yes, there might be somebody in my spot that's going to happen in public land from time to time. Just keep going. Just if keep you, hunting. Spend time yeah, in the woods. You, exactly. I sat yeah. in that stand. Had I gone 100 yards from him and sat in a stand and saw nothing, I still would have been happy. Yeah. I'm not going to turn around and go woods. home. But I'm not going to turn around and go home and with this, hey, to just keep saying newer generation, a lot of people are just, I'll turn around and I'll go home and I'll pout. Mm-hmm. I'm not going. I'm, I'm not leaving mm-hmm. that spot we, that I scouted until I get not. to until I get to the spot where I'm going to hunt. And you're already in the tree I was going to sit in. You will build a house around the tree that I'm sitting in at that moment. I, I wouldn't do that. But I I have turned around on a spot that I plan to hunt when I parked at the road closure sign. Um, and then as I was on my way in two hours prior to sunrise, um somebody drove past me in a SUV. I was like, well, I guess someone will turn around and, uh, just go hunt somewhere else. That's just cause you have Which they can, they can on WMA if they got it. If they yeah. Got if you the had right the, permit. the permit. Yeah. Man. And you know what? Just you know, it's funny. Them. We, you know, you can meet friends out in the woods sometimes. I mean, I've heard a lot of good stories with that too, is get out there and meet some people and we make lifelong friends. If you have the same passion, you're going to be respectful. If someone's being a, a douche, they're going to be a douche. I don't care where they are. You know, just go on and enjoy your hunt and when, and quit worrying about it. When we hunted the base, uh, when I hunted the base up at Fort Campbell, we would, if you hunted, you had a spot. If you parked in the morning, most of the time you wouldn't get bothered. But if you left in the middle of the day, by the time you came back two hours later, somebody's going to be parked there already in the woods. Mm-hmm. So we got into the habit where we would park, we would hunt, we would come back to the truck in the middle of the day. We had like a camp stove and all kinds of stuff. We'd break it out, make breakfast, hang out at the truck for a couple hours, and then go back to the woods if we didn't sit, you know, through that time period. But that's you figuring out a way to stay in the woods. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, we just you. we just never left the camping area, the yeah. camp, the, the or the camping the spot where we parked. 
And we started doing that down here now. But the funny thing is, is we were out one morning, one opening morning, and it started pouring rain right at sunrise. And I put my quote unquote rain gear on, uh, which did absolutely nothing. So you sweated more than you would have gotten if you just sat out there to rain. No, it rained so hard. It soaked me to the bone through, through my rain, rain gear. Uh, so I got down at about eight o'clock. I was like, you know what? I'm, I'm not, not doing it. Walk back to the truck. We had a tent with us cause we knew it was going to rain. So I set like the little like, like pop-up tent on a football stadium. So, yeah. Like yeah. the expando tent roof type tent. Yeah. Set that up, pulled out a little folding table, set the grill up and I'm sitting there making sausage and got the cooler sitting on the ground this dude comes driving past on the wrong side of the road he was breaking his neck so hard looking at our setup on the side of the road and then he stops and he backs up he's like man y'all really know what you're doing i said yeah man you want some breakfast sausage i got two pounds here you're more than welcome to it and he sat there with us all morning long uh before he just rolled on and went to wherever he was gonna hunt. he didn't have the same training area we did mm-hmm but I've met quite a few people like that out in the woods. Yeah, it's cool. That's what I love about it. You know, if I was preparing for hunting and early on, is the cool thing about it for me What at this point, it, find a young person. You all know you grew up around me. I took a lot of lots of kids from where we all used to go to church and make sure they had opportunity. A lot of their first turkeys or their parents' first turkeys were shot in front of me. But by this time of the year, you, you know, you've, if you're not ready and you haven't scouted, then you ought to be respectful. Don't go don't go rhinoceros into the woods on opening day, you know. Spend right. some time being respectful. That's the key. Just be respectful. But also lots of my time before now at this time would be spent with the kids. Shooting arrows, you know, working on your form. Don't jerk your trigger. All those different things. And that's when you spend time with your friends and family. Make relationships before it ever comes. So hunting is not about the kill, although it's very important. People say it's not about the kill. I say horse manure. Go watch a football team that never scores a touchdown. You're full of crap. You're not going to watch it. So don't hand me your bull. You know what I mean? You sit around. Some people's football teams suck so bad they sit around and drink beer because they suck so bad. So That's like the game. I'm going to go to the woods. Yeah, however you want to. Whatever team you want to pick on. (laughs) But – like I'm a Gators fan, and they were – that was terrible. But but they – you know, really it's – what's this about? Yeah. And it really goes back to – I tell you, like you were saying earlier, uh, you know – if, if you really want to hunt, go scout. Right. And uh, what, Monday, it's probably the third or fourth time I've been in this WMA scouting. And I was standing knee deep in a swamp. And I heard something and I just stopped. Because, you know, like the water sloshing around me. I can't really hear much. And I stopped and then I just heard, like, the birds and everything around me. And you could hear the air. And I just thought to myself, I was like, this is, like, this is one of the reasons I hunt. Like I just love be, it, it brought me back into the moment of being there, sitting in the tree stand, like waiting for that deer to move through. It, it just put me back in that moment for one second. And I was like, God, I'm so ready to hunt. Mm-hmm. Well, I'll give you a funny one for a big guy. My favorite animal was an otter. And so I'm sitting there turkey hunting, you know, actually I'm scouting. And uh, listen, some birds fly down preseason, and I hear some squeaking. You know, hear some splashing. Watch the baby two two. I guess they're called kittens or kits or whatever they're called. Two little babies, and the mom comes down through there, and then otters follow. You know, I mean, just to see stuff like that at seven, eight feet. That's what you got to go back to. That's what it's all about. If you love nature and it's all about that, then you're going to really enjoy it. And uh, 
you know, it's just, it's, it is, don't, don't get yourself. It's all about the kill too, but there's yeah. a oh, lot absolutely. of experience to happen between now and the kill. Think of all the good stories, you know? Yeah. There's some pain in the butts, but it's not really that way. I mean, we, I, like you said, I got stories or I'm a storyteller type thing in the past and people, some people think I'm full of crap because there's so many, but if you spend enough time in the woods, you're going to, you're going to face it all good triumph. I mean, you're going to face it all adversity, um, unfairness. You know, you just think about, like you're saying, you do all the scouting, somebody, knows you're a good hunter so they start scouting you that's mm-hmm. kind of bull you know but that's it's a, it's a, maybe it's a badge of honor too right? i would say that's an accomplishment yeah, to me so, if, you're, if you're trying yeah. to do what i'm doing hey yeah i've which, done something right which has happened not not just one time right and game warden's getting calls oh I'm, we're killing turkeys and we're feeding and we're this and we're that and i can tell you you know i don't feed turkeys you know like i hunt them because if you feed them it groups them up and it's no fun yeah you know, they don't gobble as much you want them spread out and broke out so but, I mean, I've been followed by the game words. Literally, they've been, you know how it is. You've heard all the stories since yeah. you grew up. And it's all bull. If You're it, not a good hunter until somebody calls the game board and accusing you of something you didn't well, do. Well, I've been there many times. <laughs> and I finally sat down with, unfortunately, two of the people that are game words, three of them now are very close to me. And, well, I said, you know, grew up in high school with them. And, and they're good, great. They're great people. But, you know, come on. Either, either, they, they re- either I'm really good at illegal hunting or they're really bad at their job. Because they haven't never wrote me a ticket, right? You know, come on, let's just enjoy it and leave us alone. Let us hunt, and you know, let 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 it be. Yeah. But there's so many positive things that happen out there. I think of all the young men and uh, some of the ladies that, even with guiding Osceola's, I get you know father son father daughters that come down, wanting to shoot their slam. So it's just what what a beautiful time in the woods. You know, I have a friend that oh, I, I, my accountant from Tennessee, believe it or not, I was telling you it was Clark's, you know, Clarksville, up Clarksville, there. yeah. So we get to chatting about hunting and stuff. So he's brought his daughter. He brought his daughter down for youth, and and uh, you know you're allowed to shoot two turkeys. He was only planning on coming. We're you know two day hunt. You hope to shoot one. Well, you know how it is. You shoot one and get to get to fighting on the call, and the other gobbler can't stand it. He comes back, you know, every time the turkey flops. So it's like, hey, you can kill it if you want. You know, she, sure enough, I didn't get kill it if you want out of my mouth. You know, she's got two <laughs> gobblers. You know, so we took her two weeks ago. Well, Paul and I. You know, y'all know y'all ask. He's starting to do some outfitting, which is cool. I've we got to get him in here. Yeah, I've I've got fatter and older. I've always been fat. So I say fatter and older, and he's he's kind of taking the baton and and uh, so he took her and she killed I think a nine foot three first alligator. So I mean, just seeing the triumph, you know, of success and seeing their eyes. You know how it is. We messed up on a big gator too. To be truthful, we had a twelve plus footer hooked and. And Lord only knows how, I mean, I would lose a lot of money betting he had got away from us, but he did. And, uh, but she got to see that, you know, the gator comes ripping off the bank, hits the boat, knocks the boat. I mean, it's pretty exhilarating when you have some stuff like that. So, so many good times in the woods, you know, and see, you know, all, all my kids love, like we, this past weekend, that was my 50th. And, uh, they sat out there and shot clays. Well, you know, they shoot with everybody shooting clay. So, so much about this hunting and getting prepared for hunting is really isn't really about the hunt and then it ends up you know you go in there and hunt and if you love it bad enough and people say oh, if you only have two days to hunt or but no I, I call bs because you can't tell me that you haven't done some other sport during the year pick your sport you want to be good at don't yeah. whine at me killing because you're a great tennis player i don't want to hear about it you know yeah, that's I'm, a good point but, you know, and you think about hunting well you sound very much like us where i mean i I shot more hens this morning, right? I mean, I spent three hours scouting ducks. It was a waste of time, but at least I shot a couple more hens, mm-hmm. you know. Um, 
And for me, because I'm not really that into gator hunting, sometimes I'll do, sometimes I don't. September 1, man, that's the start of the holiday season. <laughs> and it goes right on through to turkey season. Mm-hmm. And then it's fishing season. But during fishing season, depending on where I am, I'm looking for duckies. Or I'm like, man, if I ever drew up here, I think I'd walk in right there. <laughs> right? You know, yeah, it's right. like. Yeah. Um, you got to think it's, uh, you know, it. If you want, if you really want to be a good hunter, mm-hmm. that time where uh, you get home and you don't do nothing but sit on your phone for two hours, where you sit there and watch, do nothing but watch TV for two hours, you bet they're scouting for two hours, man. You could you could swing by someone on your way home and just drive through. You ain't even got to get out of your truck. But to take a look at the woods, I mean, that puts you one step closer. Take, take, take and work overtime. Yeah. Do something. So that yeah. you can have money, so that you can have somewhere to hunt, yeah. so that you can take a day off. Trade your boss. Tell him, that's, hey, I work my, my time and a half hours. That's why I'm ba- not ba- hunting. For by the hour, you know what I mean? Yeah. There's, there's things to do. How bad do you want it? Dude, now, now that we fi- figured out that iguanas taste good, yeah. it's basically 365 if you want it to be. Yeah. Hey, that's that's why I'm not that's why I'm not worried about bow hunting this year in the first part of the season at all because i've been working every bit of overtime i can get my hands on taking extra on calls and stuff like that just to make a little extra money yep it matters uh, but because right now it's just so stinking hot it is hot but i, I can't tell you stand what, to do with it that's another thing too is is florida florida hunters don't get enough credit as far as that goes i have been blessed to hunt some places and um it really i think it was because i picked a sport i didn't pick i mean i'm a decent fisherman sure we're outdoorsmen but i'm not a great fisherman I used to be decent, mm-hmm. but I'm not. Why? Because I hunt. Right. I picked my sport. I picked my sport. It was turkey hunting. I wanted to be as good as I could get, the woodsman first, and then, you know, work on my call. And I'm not even a very good caller. I've gotten better just by default. Anything you do enough times, you're going to get a little better. But, you know, I've had, when I was on the pro staff of call companies, it was because of my woodsmanship and because we shot Osceola's. Let's be real. What? Because right. it sounded pretty, you know, or looked pretty. But, you know, you get out there and you get a lot of experience and, and, and you just got to pick your sport, man. You know, you've been doing this a lot longer. You know, I love hunting turkeys, but not to the level you do. And this is probably going to be blasphemy. I don't know that your turkey call, your calling has to sound just like a tur- I think that your cadence is more important than pitch and everything else. Yeah, I got a, right. I got a strong opinion on. I mean, I got a factual opinion on that. But well, I don't know. What's well, what's what, your? Well, I mean, mine's a theory. Mine's a fact. Okay. And um, if and I in the way I come about it, I'll tell you that story. But all you got to do is cut and high pitch and kill turkeys in Florida. This tree calling, all this pretty calling, all that's bull crap. Start cutting high pitch from the day from this crack of daylight when they gobble to them until you kill them at your gun barrel. Period. End of subject. Don't know nothing but a high pitch cut. Get your glass call. Run the rim. Cut, 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 cut. Period. You kill turkeys. Now, someone says, well, that sounds awful cocky. No, it's just experience. I mean, I can rattle off some numbers. I think I got 359 turkeys in the log book since 98. That's a pretty good number of birds dying in front of you. So, and that's not me shooting. So you're just ripping letter. it up the whole time. The <laughs> whole time. Just, just, just hammer. Rapid just, fire. Just hammer. If, if, if you think you're hammering enough, hammer some more. And all this, Papa told me to hit the call and set it down. That's great. You can be bored all you want, and you can have stories, and you can go but talk about the one guy who kills them all. But the, the key is high pitch cut kills. Now, factually, how do I know that? Well, I had I was 16 years old, had a push button 
awesome push button call. Didn't know how to run any other things. I didn't know anything about turkey calls. It wasn't, you know, you had these little Primos videos or something, you know, VHS tests. So it wasn't like you can go Google something nowadays. It's just, you're, they're spoiled nowadays. Right. So I was frustrated. The first time I went, I, like I said, I slept in my truck, green swamp. I went in, I went down a fire trail, didn't even know where I wanted it. wanted to go. You know, I just looked at the map, like you're saying, went in there. It was a hard 90 thing. First morning, just happened to sit. Turkey pitches out of the tree, lands in front of me. He's strutting. He's on a fire trail, six foot, eight foot wide. That's it. He's strutting back and forth. I didn't know. I thought, man, if I was good to hit the call, he's going to run right in. So I'm hitting the call, and he's strutting, he's strutting, he's strutting. But I heard another one off in the distance. Pow, pow. I said, man, I'm, that one's hot. I'm going to go to that one. I literally had a bird in sight now. I'm, talking, I'm telling you, 80, maybe 100 yards in sight. So I thought, okay, this is nothing to this. I'm going to go pluck this one that's easy to kill. I go all the way through the swamp, a green swamp, because he's pow, pow. Only to find out it was a woodpecker on a tree going. <laughs> from, from a distance, it had to oh, to it. That's how much I knew about turkey hunting. So I come back to that corner. I sit down. All this nothing to this turkey hunting. I had a turkey in front of me, 80 yards first morning. And I got frustrated. And I took a push button call. And I literally went. on like Almost like you're going to throw it on the ground. Pow. Turkey got him. I said, what? I went back to that three yelps and a soft purr and be quiet. Nothing. A little while later, same thing. He'd gobble. At that point, he wouldn't come. He only shot gobble. Swear to God on my life. A week or so, I go back, same spot, start off, same one, the same thing happens. Come in, heard the bird gobble, never come to the fire trail. It's all thick palmettas. He didn't land in the fire trail, so now he's off on his way. Frustrated, wanting to go. Screw it. He struck. I thought, well, how dumb is this? Why am I waiting till 1030 to get frustrated and cutting? Yeah. And next time I went, I started cutting, and I started killing. And I've been in Oklahoma. Sitting around a campfire with world champion callers and Hunter Willem that morning, and I was trying to learn how to use a mouth call. And, uh, you know, I, this particular guy said, hey, Ryan, break out your mouth call. I thought, man, these guys are going to have a good time. You know, they're going to teach me how to use a mouth call. I hit my mouth call, sound like someone dying, and they all fell off their, you know, stumps around the campfire laughing at me. And I got to thinking, you know, at that point, I think that year I had 21 kills on video. You know, I went on to tape, and one of them even in, they were not, ended up on a real tree all-star springs with that i videoed i wasn't the shooter so i say all this say i never have been a good caller but i started learning stuff about the pitches and the cadences and all that stuff and another thing too a beginner who loves turkey hunting needs to start off with the best turkey call he can afford nowadays you can get them for 50 bucks used to be a hundred dollar calls and everything right. else like crap people are like why is that you know i'm a beginner well go to a gibson guitar store none of you know how to play guitar and go Broom. On a Gibson, I bet you it sounds a whole lot prettier than Hank Williams playing on a Walmart guitar. Yeah. So I'm thinking, start where it's at. Right. And start in the first quarter to half inch of the top of that call, and you'll kill every turkey you need to kill. Anywhere, by the way. It's not That's all horse crap about. All right, I'm going to change my tactic. I'm telling you. If you, ain't, if, it, if you ain't killing, you ain't cutting. Listen, I, that's what I'm going to do. Spring, next year, that's all I'm going to do. And if no. I don't kill... Then I am truly cursed. So, Listen, so, so, can't so you can't do it. You can't do it. You cannot do it. This spring, it's funny you mention it because this spring, I was hunting easterns in Georgia, and a hen. I mean, it was just she was just just yeah. like fucking angry to, to the point where I'm like, that's got to be some kid over hunting on the other because right on the border, hunting near the lease. It's just fucking around. Mm -hmm. Can't be. Sure enough, she comes walking through. I mean, she hammered away cutting. 
30 minutes. Just go, go, go. And sure enough, man, two gobblers right hot on her trail, man. Mm-hmm. So if you listen, there might be something to that. There ain't no something to it, guys. <laughs> <laughs> that's a that's a ten. You heard it here first. Ten thousand dollar lesson for free. It, it trust me when I say that. But and if you listen, you'll have a turkey. I don't care how good you are. You can cut and be as pretty. You can win all the awards you want. Matter of fact, I can got like you said. I got stories. I got another story I can tell you about a world class caller here in the Ocala National Forest. But. Uh, The Under Pressure Outdoors podcast is brought to you in part by Hang Free. With a mission to provide top quality products for the best possible price, Hang Free believes that the saddle hunting experience is worth more than money. They create both tried and true products as well as debut new items to the saddle hunting community, creating a community of saddle hunters that don't have to break the bank to participate in the hobby that they love. Do yourself a favor and join the Hang Free family this hunting season. They truly have everything you need. Don't forget to use offer code UPO10 at checkout for 10% off your order at hangfree.co. What I was saying, if you, if, you know, about cutting, I mean, I lost my train of thought thinking about him, really, but, uh, you know, just cut. That's all I can tell you. Just just, just hammer out. Oh, I know what I was going to say is that if you listen, there's going to be a cut, 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 and there'll be two or three cut. Pop, 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 pop. Why does he pick the one? If you'll listen, there's a little slight different frequency she's doing. She's almost, it, it's, it's, I don't know how to tell you. I don't know how to explain it to you, but just listen for the one he's answering and you'll hear it. And if you can ever find that note and you can change your notes by moving your cuts or up and down and all that, you hit that frequency, you'll start competing with her, but you can start out some mornings, call, he gobbles. Then she cuts, he gobbles. You call, he don't gobble. She calls, you got vice versa, but you can do the other way around too. If you can get him hammering on your frequency and he likes it, it doesn't matter what they say. They're that bird's dying. He's coming to you. He's coming. Yeah. So I got to remember this come spring. You'll be able to come back and reference episode 181, I think. I'm going to give that a shot. All all I'm going to do is just cut like a madman. All you got to do is. If I start knocking down turkeys, I'm. He's coming back in. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I tell you what, we got to get Ryan back in, anyways. You're looking at uh, 191. 191? Yep. Oh, oh man, I'm oh. 10 episodes off. Go buy you a nice push button. I don't know. They're 35, 40 bucks, you know. Wood, no plastics. And you kill a turkey. My dad used to have this old call, and it was. It's about the size of a cassette tape. Yeah, it was about the size of a cassette tape. And then it had. Like a piece of, uh, essentially, would have been your striker, but it was like a three-inch yeah. long piece of wood that slipped down inside yeah. of it. Mm-hmm. Had a piece of chalk on one end. I mean, that thing sounded. I'd never heard a turkey call sounded any better than that right there. You got to be a master to run that call, though. I mean, you, you got to master. It. I mean, that's it's what a, we grew up running. I was, that's the. Yeah. I feel like that's probably the only well, call my dad had. Our we we grew up playing with it. That's the only yeah. one he had. Yeah, but probably the only one he's still good at it. When you're saying a push button call, I don't you're know talking about the push pull call, a little push simple pull. cheap little box. box. Yeah, <laughs> but get you. There's a few out there, and I could you know give post it later. I could look it up so you could post. You know, yeah, I don't do it live or whatever, but you could you know note what we're talking about. I'm not talking about a thirty-five dollar call. I'm not talking about something special. So, um, and then just you know, nice thing about a push bolt, people talk about you know pushing it. You can pull it. Yeah, I've got one. And, I then, like it. and then hold the corner of the box so it's still vibrating. You can you can then touch that lid, and you can twist the lid. So when you when you're doing it, you don't just push it; you twist it tighter. Like one hit. of these. 
high pitch. Yeah. Absolutely. I would pick the grind. I, I was on the pro staff of. Right there, grind for them. But yep, and that's a that's a fifteen dollar call at Dick's yeah. Sporting Goods. Right, and the key is not the key to that call is first you got to make sure they're really chalked with the right chalk, not a chalkboard chalk that has wax in it. it. Has to be the right chalk, and then you hold that the push part in your two fingers and you hold the edges of the box and you pull it as you twist it tighter and it it'll go from chalk chalk to it'll start yeah getting louder. <laughs> You know, you want it screaming. So I'll tell a good story on my buddy, Randy Holt. You know, he won't, he won't listen to this. So. <laughs> I'll send it to Mr. So Randy because Mr. Sh- Randy's the one that ever. I still have a face mask. Mr. Randy come hunting with us in Georgia at one time. And the same face mask that I hunt in today is the same face mask that Mr. Randy gave me. Was, oh. that, was that the weekend he picked up that uh, scratch-off ticket in the middle of the parking lot of the gas station and won 500 bucks. It is. And it's <laughs> the same. That piece of wood that you put candles in for Amanda. Yeah. Mr. Randy pulled that out of the creek in Georgia. <laughs> so, anyways, we're sitting there, and I called in I called in his first spring bird. So, eventually, after calling enough birds, he's got this morning, I'm calling you in a bird. So, I take him to a pretty special spot. And, you know, um, deaf mute could probably call in there. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I had to hear just scratch. But, um. He started running his calls, and they sound good. He's a good caller, there's no doubt. And he literally was throwing calls on the ground. And I was like, you ready to kill him? He went through five or six calls asking about that. Calls sitting all around us just throw it out there. Because they he would actually make funny. And I got another buddy, Rick. He's he's great. He's he's probably my besides my one of my kids. He's probably my favorite killing buddy. Him and another guy named Chris. But... He would get pissed off because turkeys weren't gobbling or whatever. He'd say either one or two things. Grab your little short box call and just just as hard as you can do it and high pitch and make them gobble in the wind. Or he would finally say, make that stupid glass call screech. They make fun of you. Screech on it. You screech on it. I'm like, if you ain't screeching, you ain't going to, you know, if you ain't cutting, you ain't killing. So, (laughs) and we'd hit that note. When you hit that note here, they'd come. It's a difference between, you can take the mad aluminum call, locate all the birds you want to. Try to get one to come to you out of my aluminum call. It's difficult. Some people are going to come and say, oh, I've killed 100 with them. I'm saying BS. You know, but they, they make them gobble because it hits that frequency. But they won't finish. If you get a nice glass call, it'll hit the frequency and you can finish the turkey. So might be a little off topic for bow season, but I'm just telling you. It's, no, it's, hey, it's yeah. interesting. I mean, get, get you time got fall turkey and, too. Yeah, you got fall turkey. But get prepared. Spend time with your family and, you know, get a lot of it's it. about the time, man. Like you said earlier, you make some of the best buddies you've ever met in your life. And that's been one of the cool things about the podcast for us is uh, uh, the podcast has always been about hunting for us. But we have made, uh, we've met people that have become more like family right. than friends. And it's all been because of hunting. Mm-hmm. Dude, when we get behind the cause too, they come out of the woodwork. Yeah, mm. I, I mean, oh, there there cool. is that select few people where we're like, hey, you're going to have to sweat your ass off today, and we need people to work. Mm-hmm. Al Solano. People show up, like Jacob buggy, Bigby. Yeah. wet, hot. He's there. Hey, have you noticed some of those guys don't even hunt much? Yeah. Al Solano. Yeah, huh? <laughs> yeah. Al my Solano. Point. Yeah. My point yeah. is that, is that he, his cause, his love, his passion is helping others. Yeah. You know, and that's why I love yeah. about guiding. I can care less to shoot another turkey. I want to help other help people help. I mean, he's, he's always yeah. at our small game hunts, and I'm I'm sure he has. Uh, we took him on his first hunt. 
It was a moorhen hunt, me and Briar took him. Did you? Mm-hmm. But he, he always shows up the small game hunts we host, and um, we... I'm sure he would like to go deer hunting and we should try to get him out, but it's, it's just one of those it's things. It's a relationship. Yep. Yeah. Same thing but, about scouting. The same, there's nothing like, you know, working on one all summer long, wading into a spot. Yeah. It's frustrating if somebody wades into, but you got to give them credit. Yeah. You know, but in Florida, like I said, it's real easy to separate the doers and the, the men from the boys. Yeah. Yeah. You know, we got mosquitoes. And like I said, I know what we were talking about earlier too, is I was, I'm blessed by having an opportunity to hunt some different places. Um, but that was, again, that's the only sport I chase. But right. in doing so, some of the best hunt I'm talking about the best, absolute bar none best hunters come out of Florida. People can say, oh, yeah, there's not elk here. There's not this here. There's not there. Where I hunt with my other buddies, they'll sit in a deer stand, and they, they, they're picking deer. They're not trying to see deer. You can honestly say, how many times do you see, and you're happy if you come home and saw a deer yeah. in Florida? And to have the tenacity to hunt while you're dripping sweat, mosquitoes are carrying you off, and you don't see deer. That, that's hunting you're in the pursuit florida makes some you boys know? that got to work for it yeah yeah i know yeah. guys talk about oh hunting in the cold i'm like oh I, that's just a matter of going to the weather channel app and saying oh i need to wear these clothes and and then you're in good shape but down here man you, you can only take so much off and you're basically naked and you're still oh, yeah. freaking hot yeah <laughs> and the bugs yeah. And I don't know, man. I, 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 tell I don't you, know what they're putting thermos in thermos cells. Our best friend. Yeah, hey, but they ain't as good as they used to be. Pro Some tip. of the mosquitoes have built immunity. I, I figured it out. I figured it out. The pro tip to the thermos cell. You go and don't throw your pads away no more. Start soaking the old pads in permethrin. Buy, buy the concentrate. Make sure uh, concentrate up, you know, per the Google directions, whatever that is. And then take the old pad, spray it with permethrin. Smells the same. Or soak them. I mean, you could mix a little thing and soak a bunch of you pads can, at it once. In yeah. like a, a bowl. Um, but I've noticed since soaking my old pads with permethrin, putting in that black, nasty-looking pad, fresh soaked in permethrin, no mosquitoes. Yeah, it's it's still frightening. The whole the whole uh, thermocell kind of gets me a little boogered because... You don't know what you're breathing. Yeah. In. What? You, what? what <laughs> well, so I, I think it. I think when they first came out, they were permethrin, and yeah. then I know now they've switched to elethrin, which is like a natural thing that comes from a flower. Mm-hmm. And I think when they made that switch, they didn't tell anybody, and that's when we started going. Well, I got the thermosel on. Why am I still getting bit by mosquitoes? We got thermosel resistant mosquitoes. No, we just have a product that doesn't work as good as it used yeah. to. I was hunting with a thermosel inside of a uh, a blind. Uh, what do you call pop up blind? One time. Yeah. Um. And all of a sudden, like I wasn't really conscious that I had a headache. The first thing that keyed me off that something was wrong is I noticed that everything I was looking at was purple. Oh, my God. <laughs> I said, yeah. oh, I better turn this thing off, get outside yeah. for a little while. Yeah, I good. wasn't like deep purple, but I'm like, everything's purple. <laughs> he said, purple haze. I, I don't think it's good. I don't think no. it's good. You know? No. no that, that's no, one no. of those things. Like, it you, might be better than the DEET. We used to soak ourselves yeah, in 100% listen, DEET yeah, when listen, I was a kid. That, you know? I've got 90% yeah. DEET spray in my in my blind bag, and mm-hmm. I've sprayed myself down with it and then gone and like uh, had it on my hand and then wiped my you know wiped sweat off my face, and I realized my lips are going numb. Yeah. yeah. I'm like, ooh, yeah. ooh. Yeah. <laughs> Serious that, stuff. That's like, uh, dang, I forgot what I was going to say there. Oh, when that that WNA we were talking about earlier, mm-hmm. uh, where we used the boat to get in, mm-hmm. um, William was running his. We were hunting when he killed his buck. Our trees were maybe maybe about as far apart as we are right now. Yeah, and uh, he was running a thermocell, 
and both of us, I mean, I had a rain jacket on, and if any part of your clothing was touching you, mosquitoes were eating, I mean, eating you up through it. Yep. And hey, it, we it, just, like, we, we just you, off, man. I mean, I don't care. I get it. I get it. All the scent craze. It's amazing. I don't know how anybody harvested a deer. Our bows used to shoot at 189 feet per second. All dear Jesus. That's, you know, they're twice as fast now. <laughs> right. Yeah. And we soaked down and, and off. Like, you. oh, crap. You stop at 7-Eleven yeah, and the, off. The, the thing is, then, at that time, everybody was under the understanding that you, you hunted the wind. Yeah. And, and well, we, you hunted. Yeah, you yeah. hunted. I was yeah. going to say, we've talked about it. You don't it several, camera watch. You yeah, hunt. Right. You hunt I was just saying, we've talked about it several times before. You got the old timers went in the woods, and the the old, old timers got in the stand, smoked them a, a, a Marlboro mm-hmm. while they hunted, and shot deer while they were smoking a Marlboro. I mean, they yeah. just, they hunted is what they did. They didn't do all this crazy yeah. crap down. Oh, I just hunting. watched a guy the other day on YouTube smoke a nice buck with a bow at like 15 yards wearing a dang, uh, like, Al's Army Navy pants and a plaid shirt. Sure. Yeah. I, I think the camo for deer, I wear it. At this point, it's, it's, you're just, I think you're just identifying with a culture. I don't think it's necessary. Because yeah. yeah. I've also killed them wearing khakis and, and leather Dude, shoes I don't even wear camo out. pants to stand anymore. Yeah, I wear a solid. I wear a solid brown yeah, or a mute uh, color, uh, solid Same tan. Here. Yeah, yeah. I wear the ninety nine dollar for set leafy wear pullover. Thing yeah, junk. It's ninety nine dollars, <laughs> and I got it in my truck case. I get a chance to go yeah. to the woods. You swing by. You're wearing your work clothes. Yeah. Throw them on over throw it on. and get in the That's woods. That's yeah. been the death of many a turkey. Just having it with you, you know, being prepared. But you know, the only thing you're talking about getting out there and what you do beforehand is that I guess not too many things. I don't care about killing i mean i enjoy killing big deer it's not like i'm let one walk oh i don't want to do it but it's not my goal but really my goal was when i was raising my kids is all three of them to teach them walk reading sign i wonder how many people teach their kids to read sign or they just teach their kids to put out cameras and then sit in trees and sit in spots if you put out 10 cameras one of the 10 will be good and we'll go hunt that camera so I had I have another I have a friend I'm not going to name a name and his father used to take and put him in the spot right but mm-hmm. he can't we go travel he can't hunt he can't he's not you know he doesn't hunt as well and then that that's what I'm proud of like Paul Emma I mean Emma went and found her own spot and Chelsea's not as she's not the diehard to go out there and, but she you know she hunts with her bow I mean she hunts with a gun and crossbow or whatever but so but and then Paul just just learn how to read sign teaching them how to read sign and then of course that's led him to where he is right now wanting to. I've kind of laid off on guiding hard. I might take six or eight guys a year just for people, friends of friends through the years. But now he's taken off with outfitting and stuff. And I can honestly say something. I, I, two or three years ago, I had a guy who wanted to swap duck hunting in Arkansas for Osceola's. And I was so busy. So I reached out to the guy. You know, he's pleading on one of the Facebook things. And I, I did. So I went and hunted with him. I hunted with him and Paul until about 930. And then I patted him on the back and said, okay, I got to go to work now. So I left him, I guess it was three or four years ago. He's 24 now. I left him with a 20-year-old, and the guy's like, what the hell did I just get suckered into, you know? Right. Now they're great buddies, and that's where Paul guides duck hunting and all that stuff. But real excited knowing that if I was to say to one of y'all, hey, if you want to go on a gator hunt or a hog hunt or bow fishing or whatever, you're not going with some kid who's living a just pipe dream. He's well, he knows that. what he's doing. He knows what he's yeah. doing. Yeah. I mean, and, and he caught a lot of flack, you know, with the boys growing up and about, oh, you only killed what your daddy, you know. Because right. your daddy, because your daddy, because your daddy. What they really don't know is I'm like old school. I was harder on him than I was on others, you know. Yeah. I remember it was, man, it had to be at least 
nine. It could have been more than nine years ago. It was it was a long time ago, and uh, somebody had hosted like a squirrel hunt off in Seminole Forest, and you paid like twenty five dollars or something, and whoever killed the most squirrels uh, won the pot. Which one of the which one of the Vietnamese guys won it? No, but listen, and uh, it was me and Paul on a team. It was two per two people per team. Mm-hmm. It was me and Paul on a team. And we come back with like something like twenty squirrels, mm-hmm. and the only people that had beat us had uh, silenced twenty twos, mm-hmm. and we were just out there with like a couple uh, regular old twenty twos. I think I had a, a twenty two Magnum, mm-hmm. and the only reason they had beat us is because they were out there just sitting there. I mean, the, none of the squirrels heard them shooting. And I said, "Come on, we wandered around the woods all day, and y'all sat in one spot and killed." I, you, you see that it, it's like guys on a uh, the Wednesday night fishing tournament on the Harris chain showing up with fifty five inch TV screens on the front deck of their boat. Like, well, yeah, no kidding. You you beat the guy with the John boat. Like, come on, man. Yeah, yeah. But they the, the good thing about lead, you know, learning sign and they they have the you know if you hear deer grunting or you hear a duck or a mallard or whatever you know makes you tick. Well, when you put watching sign, they get the same excitement. So you have this feeling of a longer hunt, and it's real, it's fulfilling. So I think really that's what we're missing. That's what uh, you know, right here, prepared for bow season. If you don't have a successful season, I wouldn't get on somewhere and bash all the people in the woods. I wouldn't get on the bash because there's not, you know, we're only allowed to kill what two bucks and three does now, or three bucks and two does, or whatever the hell it is now. Because in Florida, like yeah, five, five, bucks. five bucks. or five. Yeah. I'm sorry, it's five deer. Period. Yeah. I'm sorry. Yeah, I don't, I don't, you know, five, I'll say it's. Five deer, no more than two of them. Three, can be does, two or three. Of them yeah, can be does. those yeah, two does, like three bucks. Yeah, that's what I was saying. Yeah, but you can't kill all five bucks. Mm-hmm. I guess whatever. Yeah. However it works, you know. But you always hear, well, you know. I guess if you don't couldn't kill any, then that person who can't kill one would all of a sudden be able to kill one or something. You know, just <laughs> do your scout. And yeah, do your stuff. Learn to enjoy I, the woods. I can't and- tell you how many times I've seen and killed deer by simply coming across a deer trail, looking down and going, "Oh crap." There's tracks going in both directions. Mm-hmm. And you sit right there because the deer are coming and going from that trail on a regular basis. If you see a set of tracks going one way and a set of tracks going the other, they're using that trail every single day. Sit right there. And then next thing you know, just before dark, here they show up, shoot a deer with a bow, gun, whatever. Or in the middle of the day. Yeah, yeah. or in the middle of the day. Yeah. yeah, That's another thing, man. Sleep in on these landers. management areas. I mean, you don't know how many times we've been hunting management areas, especially turkey hunting. Ocala and um matter of fact uh can't tag him his name just slipped me one of your buddies um rice or no 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 this um michael mike uh why am i losing it his, he moved to the north florida big mike uh dang him anyways one of the kids y'all grew up with yeah i can't believe suggs michael suggs. oh yeah, mike, mike suggs yeah, yeah yeah so we went we went same thing we went to um a particular place in Ocala on the power lines. No, no secret. I mean, there's only seven trucks around the head mm-hmm. right. up in there. You know, we're like, you know, turkey start gobbles, turkey start something. Like this. Not, not really. People went to them, whatever, spooked them, whatever. I said, just chill out, man. We're going to kill a turkey. Said, yeah, you can call and ask him. This is his first turkey he ever killed. And then I said, just give him time. You started hearing one door shut, crank up, go, crank up, and you go, you know. And then four was over. I think his bird died at eight thirty, and then the second one died at ten thirty. But the turkeys change; they change. Yeah. They hear, they know, they get it. But if yeah. you just shut up and relax, and for a brain the size of yeah. a pea, they yeah. sure as heck aren't stupid. That was like same so thing with deer. 
This turkey that William talked about that, that was 30 yards, I mean, almost pretty much above its head, we had wandered off a little bit, and then, like, he, he ran off, so we wandered off and did some other riding around that WMA looking for other turkeys. And we come back to that spot because I had dropped, what did I drop, a slate call? A box call. Oh, yeah, I dropped a box call a there. A waterproof box call. And we come back at, like, 1030, and that bird was back in that spot goblin 10 30 you couldn't I mean, kill him then no so that yeah that hold on no here cut. yeah here was the problem purring and clucking here like was a grandpa yeah. said here was the problem there <laughs> is uh so i had kind of crawled up we were on a boundary line mm-hmm. and i'd crawled up to that fence and stuck a decoy somewhere near it and then i was crawling back and william started as i was like breaking brush or whatever i, I belly crawling back because he wasn't that far mm-hmm and uh, there was like a small, almost like when they'd run a fire break, you know, you get that one side that's a little bit higher. Mm-hmm. There was that. And so if I belly crawled back, I could he couldn't see me. And we must started clucking and purring. And when I got oh, back yeah. to where I, I had my camera set up, where I got back and I was getting in. Yeah. I was getting in. Yeah. I was getting in behind my camera. Camera. Oh, you're talking about your camera. I'm sorry. I'm yeah, no, I, no, I was videoing the hunt. I got yeah. you. Go ahead. I, I, I was getting behind my camera to film, and I got set up in the camera, and I looked up, and I still had my feet kind of out to the side, and me and that bird, that bird had his head through the fence. We made eye contact, and he, he gone. I yep. couldn't see it for two pine trees directly in front of me. That bird mm-hmm. was two feet to the left or two feet to the right. That would have been a dead bird. They get lucky every now and then. Oh, yeah. That's about it. The next morning, we didn't come back to that spot till 1030 and still screwed it up. But I'll say, I, I probably cussed him for probably 30 minutes after I said, you should have just shut up while I called back. And then, but it's what yeah. it is. No, it's hunting. That's 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 another thing I look about tricking hunting and duck hunting. All of it is. You, now, you, know, you keep looking at me because I mentioned duck hunting. You, you look, <laughs> but but it you get to. You know, you get to rag on the guy next to you. There's no hunting yeah. stories that can be yeah. lied about yeah. unless you're lying together because yeah. right. it's all right there in front of you. Yeah, d- duck hunting right now is something I'm, I'm, I've only just, actually since meeting these guys, gotten serious about duck hunting. And it is, it's it's my latest passion because it's, it's compared to other forms of hunting, it's new to me, mm-hmm. right? And mm-hmm. scouting and getting up early every morning. And going out, and you know, I mean, I've, I know a few places I can go because other guys, are, but I'm trying to break new ground. Like I said, I drove around for three hours this morning. I ha- I flushed one duck. Uh, it, it just you know, and I'm sure that if I were to talk to more experienced duck hunters, I'd be like, yeah, I could have told you not to go. That was a waste of time, right? But I don't know, man. It's like, right? It's it's like you said, it's getting out there, it's scouting, it's figuring it out. It's eliminating and, spots to yeah, go as much say, as fine or, as or you're yeah. just you're just that early. Like I told him today, I said you're just that early in the season. Like those those oh, yeah. spots that you're scouting, yeah, those spots that you're in are probably yeah, going to be come when it starts to get colder. Are going to be slap full of ringers. Even even wood ducks, maybe even wood ducks are migratory. We do have a subset that stays in the state of Florida, and you'll see some of them in the early season. That's why we have an early wood duck in teal for like yeah. four days. Um, but. It's when like a week long. But. Big duck season kicks in in December. There's twice the amount of wood ducks as there were in early season because they've now migrated south from where they were up north. Yeah, I got some spots, but um, they're a pretty duck. I tell you that. Well, yeah, I'm, I'm looking I got for a those spot early that I, season that birds. I can go to during. Well, we did uh, the dang gender reveal there. 
You go there. I went there midsummer, and there's 30 wood ducks left out of there. Hmm. I mean, it's just one of those spots. And I had I never good gone luck there, getting a boat in there. No, you're gonna uh, wait. Get a big yeah. boat in no, there. No, you're gonna wait, or you're just you just gotta wait in there and use a canoe to retrieve. I'd I'd probably run my dog in that pond. I wouldn't worry about it in there. Yeah, it's so far from everything else. You'd be fine. Yeah, I mean, you might have a gator or two in there, but it's not like going out and hunting emerald marsh. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> feed your gate, feed the gators. What if you put a dog yeah. in there? It's all it's gonna be. Game yeah. But well, man, we're hour and a half in. God, yeah. hey, get some closing thoughts. I'll tell you guys, good luck on Saturday if you're going to the woods, if you're going to kill a deer, going to kill some ducks. Yeah, hey, I'm going to be there right there with you after the deer. I don't know about those duck hunting guides. It's too uh, a little too hot for me <laughs> to be hunting ducks. I say that, but you probably put in more work hunting deer. But uh, I'm with, man, put in the work. Don't be afraid to get dirty. If, I, if I'm throwing in a closing tip, uh, I have probably some where most of my cameras are. I've had to get dirty to get there. You'd be better off using trail cameras to to figure out where you don't want to go than try to figure out when you're going to kill a deer where you are going to go. Yeah, yeah. Just hunt people. Read, yeah, read the sign. Hunt, hunt people where the people are. Get further deeper, and especially a hunt lease ringways. Just hunt the people. Them deer ain't stupid. They know what's coming. All of a sudden, the people haven't been there. For, they've been playing tennis or whatever they do, calling themselves hunters, and you've been out scouting. They'll start coming and hunt the people. Get, yeah, that, get further was, and deeper, and they'll be there. And the deer ain't going to disappear. I was going to say, gonna like, eat every day. Like we've said in the past, though, too, that it's, it's almost been the new trend with public land to go deep. Like get deep, 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 deep. Oh yeah, deep. no, don't get no ways. You can get right off the hiking trail. You can get yeah, you can get right up towards. Trail. There's so many people yeah. deep. You can get it right up towards the gate, and they're pushing yeah. all the deer up front. No, no, I agree with you. I, that, that, well, that's that goes back to hunting the people, right? Yeah, that statement. Hunt the people. I agree with you totally, hundred percent. But there's still a line. Like them electric bikes don't go, but so far. Yeah. You know? And yeah. then it starts. You know, that's why I hunt Nikes and not rubber boots. Yeah. You know, so they're gonna stay on your feet. Yeah, because you're going to be up to your chest. Yeah. <laughs> so, and then there's islands. Bring your floaties. Yeah. Right. No doubt. You know, it's it's separated. And there's, oh man, there's nothing more rewarding though than killing a, anything. It don't have to be a buck. A nice hey, deer with your bow. Hey, you know, you could. You I tell you, take a, one of them. A, when a deer's dead, <coughs> it floats. That's right. Don't gut it. Yeah. Float it out. It floats. But I will tell you this. If you shoot a deer and it's standing in water, it's really hard to find blood and water. So you better keep a dang good eye on it wherever it goes. Hmm. Hunt your sign. Look for on yeah. top of your lilies. There's always going to be something that's going to have a drop of water. Yeah. Blood. Something's going to. It's just much sign coming out of him from him running off than there's blood. You know, or blood. Oh, or I, I shot a doe in knee deep water. Yeah. And it, this Hardly isn't ever a spot is that crystal clear. You know, water. There's going to be some something mud hyacinths. There's going to be well, something. This, this was a spot that just flooded because we had a high water year. This mm-hmm. wasn't a spot that's normally flooded. Mm-hmm. And uh, had my buddy, he was to the left of me and back behind me. To my left and back behind me. When I shot her, she ran in front of him and then died on an island 60 yards from him. I texted, I was like, hey, did you see where that deer went? She ran in your direction. He said, yeah, she's dead right in front of me. I said, sweet. Yeah, that's don't, nice. Yeah, don't yeah. have to go trailer. She's dead right there. That's nice. And then, by the way, just so you all know, I mean, I don't know how many people live around here, but I've, 
I got a uh, cur dog, or a, a heck, I can't even think of what it is, really. Um, and she's trained up for indigenous scent, so don't have to have blood. It'll be able to pick up the deer that's injured, so. Yeah, yeah, the, need some uh, help interdigital. In, yeah, interdigital. So we just yeah, dropped yeah. an episode is that on that two between weeks ago. The, yeah. yeah, between the toes. Yep. Yep. We literally just dropped an episode on that two weeks ago. It was oh. uh, 189. Yeah, we yeah. got, well, my daughter, she did pretty good last year. She's only, you know, I guess she'd be 18 months old now. Yeah. She did real good. And Emma has a dog that's four years old, and he's bad to the bone. Drug her through the woods like, you know, Mary right. Poppins, because he didn't have a lot of training on leash. But where we were hunting in Missouri, you have to keep a dog on a leash. Right. My understanding had to keep a dog on a leash. So. Yeah. Just let you all know if you need some help, let me, you know, holler. Nice. Absolutely. Absolutely, yeah. So I have a thought. Unrelated. No, it's really. I'm gonna. Here's how I'm gonna tie it in. Hunting season's coming. Y'all need to be in a little bit better shape, especially us older folks. Got to get the knees lubricated. So, as a guy who was away from the gym for the while and now is pretty serious about it, I have something that tweaks me to the point where I have to control myself because I'm gonna go to prison if I'm not careful. And that is people that are at the gym with a goddamn cell phone sitting on the machine, doing their social media. So in the time it takes them to do three sets, they're there 20 damn minutes. <laughs> and oblivious to people standing around. Like, there should be a rule. And you know what? The funny part about it, it's not big buff dudes. They're in there getting it done. Most of the time, it's women. Got to make a poster. It didn't happen. I just <laughs> Today... I really want to slap a cell phone out of a woman's hand. I almost did. And I said, man, that's just not going to go over well. Nobody else is going to understand. They're not going to understand what I say, but this ain't the way it used to be. <laughs> it's like, so this is probably just a total cry in the dark because those kind of women are not listening to our podcast. But man, it irks me at a disproportionate level. <laughs> That's it. That's my parting thought. I feel better now. Thank you. <laughs> Ryan? Oh, no. Just just enjoy it. Just enjoy your hunting. You know, quit quit worrying about what someone else kills or doesn't kill and go get serious about it. Pick your sport. And uh, it all it all should be fun, whether it ends up with a deer or not. Most people who put the effort in are going to harvest a deer. It's kind of hard not to if you've done what you're supposed to do. So if you haven't, it's not about a rule. It's about you. Pick a sport. Quit being a jack of all trades and choose one and be good at it and don't whine if you're playing i'm not gonna go play tennis with my buddies and whine about how they spike the ball on me because i'm whatever 50 pounds that, that's overweight yeah that's so no, they spike it over the net too somebody posted uh something on our under pressure outdoors nation page the other day and was like one was like, has to yeah. go like football said, <laughs> yeah it said football fishing hunting and white and i was like football's gone yeah i mean done i hardly i don't even happens during hunting season What's football? Well, That's the guy all. that posted it said he would have trouble deciding. And I was like, you're either single or soon to be. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Football's gone, Well, son. that's a whole other episode. <laughs> because um, Paul, Paul, as you know, went and played football in high school and, and whatever. Had a chance to play in all, uh, college. But when he first played, we hunted so much that we, when every Rob Henson and, and uh, whatever it is, Ronnie Condiment are playing, He's at practice. You know how you move the ball so far, and you stop, and you back up at practice. And I said, "Man, you did good today." He goes, "We didn't. We didn't even score." 
or nothing, you know, because they keep backing up. I said, well, bud, you keep getting that, and you get first downs, you get end zone. And my son said, Dad, what's an end zone? I said, I raised a hunter. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> playing pop yeah. football, know what the I, hell I end zone you, is. He's, what, he's a hunter. What, one of the most memorable <coughs> stories I ever had is Mr. Ryan used to live on the lake. And I was, I was still in high school at this point. And I texted him one time or called him and uh, asked him. He had a boat that sat at his dog. I said, Mr. Ryan, you care if I use your boat and go out and go boat fishing? And he's like, no, I don't mind at all. So I went to his house and parked at his house, walked down to his boat. And uh, I was getting on his boat, getting it started and everything. And a, a flashlight come down. He was out of town. A flashlight come down to his property. And uh, somebody said, step off the boat. And I said, ha ha, very funny. That's a good joke. And then it said, it's not a joke. Get the fuck off the boat. And I'm like, oh, uh, what did I do? I never knew it. Yeah. And then it, it was like, this Orange County Sheriff's Office. I was like, oh, my goodness. I'm so- <laughs> Some, somebody had called the cops on me for being at Mr. Ryan's house while he was out of town getting on his boat. <laughs> That's funny. I never knew it. And I was like, no, no, no. I, I got permission from this guy to be on his boat. No, no, no. We just got conversated back and forth. And then they left and we went out and went bow fishing. That's well, cool. We'll catch you guys next week. Ryan, thanks for joining us. No problem.